Hello, my name is Roger Flores. I'm one of the elders at Christ Community Church. And it's very good to be with you today, to be able to go to the Psalms. Psalm 33 is our text for today. You can get your Bibles, you can pause the video if you like, and we'll look at Psalm 33 together. You know, our Lord has been very good to us in our personal lives. He's given us the great families we have. He's provided for our homes in many ways. And during this coronavirus and time we have so much time off to reflect upon our lives, it's good to see God's goodness and provision, how he's taking care of our homes. We have time to see how our families have drawn close to the Lord, hopefully not drawn farther away from our Lord, hopefully within your own Christian walk and your own Christian faith. You've use the opportunity to draw close to the Lord. But all things happen for a reason. We need to always ask ourselves, why are we going through this time of being on our own so much? Why are we going through this virus? And we need to ask ourselves that question and hopefully come up ultimately for the reason to glorify our Lord. God's been good for us. He's given us so much in our homes. He provided so much for us and blessed our homes in, in many ways. As leaders in our homes, we need to make sure that every in our home glorifies our Lord. The Psalm 33 is all about praising God and giving the glory for which He so rightly deserves. God has given us great homes, He's given us great jobs, provided jobs for us. As you look at the economy and see people losing their jobs and people getting new jobs and people trying to get their jobs back, we need to be thankful. Part of the reason why we're going through what we're going through is that we might be thankful for the job which we have. Be thankful for the things God gives us in our homes and thankful for the, our job that He has provided for us. God has been a good God to us. We need to see that and meditate upon that and praise God for that. God's been so good to us in our church. He provided for us in many ways. He's provided for us throughout the years at Christ Community Church. And more recently, as we go through this difficult times, He's allowed us to reopen our church, allowed us to have video social media so we can be able to give his messages to people in our congregation and other places that wouldn't have been able to hear the message otherwise. We're thankful for that. God has given us technology. He's given us a great church to worship in. He's allowed us to, although we may have to follow some of the rules of guidance by the state, we still give a time we can worship and praise our Lord and we can see each other and we can have fellowship with each other. I'm glad to be back in the church. I'm glad to have a time of, of seeing other people. <laughs> like only seeing 98% of most of them, 2% are covered by a mask. I'm thankful to, to, to be here tonight with you guys so you can see me and so we can see each other at church. That, that is a great thing for the people of God to be together at church. And we're very thankful for that. God has given, given, and blessed us in, in many, many ways, in which ways which we haven't even seen. And as we, we look at Psalm 33 tonight, it's good to stop in our busy lives and think about what has God did and done for us. How we need to reflect upon His blessings and to see His goodness in everything and in every event that comes our way. Whether it be this 2020 year, which some people say is a horrible, horrible year. It's not a horrible year. This is a great year in God's eyes. A year which He expects us to step up to glorify Him. A time and opportunity we can share Christ with other people. People are thinking about life and death right now. 
and thinking about their values and what things are important to them. This is an opportunity, not a horrible time. It's an opportunity we might share Christ. It's an opportunity for us to glorify Him. Whenever you go through a difficult time and trial, it's not what you go through, but how you go through it. Do you glorify God in the process? And can you look back after you've gone through the ordeal, through the trial, and say, you know what? I glorified God along the way. I honored Him along the way. My family honored Him. My church honored Him. That's what's most important to our Lord. And Psalm 33 is a psalm all about giving praise and glory to our Lord for what He has done for us. He's given us a great church, a great pastor, a pastor who stands strong on God's Word, uncompromisingly. We're very thankful to our pastor and for what a great man of God that God has given toward us. God has given us our pastor and we're very thankful to him. And we need to show our pastor our appreciation for him. Whether you're going through good times, read Psalm 33. Or you're going through hard times, read Psalm 33. It's all about praising him. Praising him for who he is, for he deserves the praise and the glory for all things. Let's go and look at the psalm. Psalm 33, sing for joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Sing praise to him with a harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He leads, he lays up the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From his dwelling place he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all, he who, he who understands all their works. The king is not saved by a mighty army. A war is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a false hope for victory. Nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his loving kindness to deliver their souls from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart rejoices in Him because He trusts in His holy name. Let Your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us according as we have hoped in You. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is where our hearts lay, Father. We want to praise You, Lord. We want to give you glory, Lord, for all things. We see what amazing, awesome God you are, Father. And we bow our hearts to you, Father. 
recognizing that you're in control of all parts of our lives, Father. We are so thankful, Lord, for this time which you've put us through, Father. We know it's for our good. We know it so we might praise you. We know so we might glorify you, Father. Help us, Lord, to get a larger perspective than ourselves, Father. Help us to see things the way you see things, Father. Help us to be a blessing, to minister to others, to be loving, to be kind to others when opportunity might give to us, Father. To seize opportunities, Lord, to, to share your amazing Son with those who don't know you. Jesus Christ, the most amazing thing in this world, Father. Help us to, to, to proclaim his name loud and clear so that all might see you, Father. Our heart's desire, Lord, is to put you on display and to push your son forward, Father. Help us to step back and to push your son forward. Be with us as we go through the Psalms, Father. Help us to see how we need to praise and glorify you for who you truly are, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's, let's look at Psalm 33. It says in the first verses that we are to, verse number one, Sing for joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praise is, is becoming to the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Sing praise to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with the shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in righteousness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of loving kindness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays out the deeps and storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From his dwelling place he looks out on all the, the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all, he who understands all their works. The king is not saved by a mighty army. A warrior is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a false hope for victory, nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his loving kindness, to deliver their souls from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart rejoices in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us according to accordingly, according as we have hoped in you. This is a beautiful psalm, Psalm 33, that I have chosen for us to look at. The psalm about praise and thankfulness and goodness that the God Lord has given to us. And we have to look at that and see his blessings in, in our lives. And the first part of it talks about how we are called to praise God with joy in our hearts. We're called to praise God with joy in our hearts. That's the first four verses of Psalm 33. This is a psalm that calls us to give praise and thanks to our Lord. And you have to admit that there's times in which we go through our life that we take pleasure in the things of this world and things, nothing wrong with taking pleasure in this world, but our Lord certainly calls us to, to, to see the blessing which he's given, to, he's given to us and to praise us, praise him for it. Often times in which we've gone through in the pandemic and 
in times we stayed home and you got to, to think about this times the pandemic will reveal to to us and to others what our values are the things that we value um, we, we are to praise our Lord we are to, to take pleasure in him although the time to rejoice with others Romans 12:15 says to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep there's nothing wrong with uh, to, to rejoice when you accomplish something great but ultimately our, our praise and our rejoicing should be for our Lord toward him only to take joy in him we're to take joy in our Lord that's the ultimate thing we find pleasure in and the pandemic is a time to stop and to reflect and to consider your walk and to consider your family how they walk in the Lord to see the blessing that our Lord's given to us in our church and to take a step back and to, to get a larger perspective to see if you are personally rejoicing the Lord whether your families rejoice in the Lord, whether your churches rejoice in the Lord, and to, and to take measure of that. But our Lord wants our hearts to be fully focused upon Him. Our devotion, our praise is to be Him, toward, toward Him only. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said that this quote about praising the Lord. He says, Take away the Christian's power of praising God, and you make him a poor earthworm, bound him with doubts and fears and cares. But... Let him but kindle in his soul the flame that burns in heaven of seraphic love up to God, and away he mounts. We are to, to praise our Lord, and that's what gives us the most joy. Our greatest joy is to, to follow Psalm 33. And God demands us here in Psalm 33, verse number 1, to, to praise him. It says to, to sing for joy in the Lord. Verse number 2, to give thanks to the Lord. It says to, to sing with to him a, a new song, to play skillfully with a shout of joy. How should you praise our Lord? It says right here, with, with our song, with our voices. If you have a lyre, a harp with ten strings, use that. Use whatever you have. Whatever God has given to you, that is how you are to, to praise our Lord. Praise, our, yeah, we, praise to God should be quick on our lips. We should be quickly wanting to, to give him the glory for which he so rightly deserves. Often you hear within on the TV and the news lately and media about people wanting to have their voices heard and it's to, to speak their truth. Uh, God's word says to praise Him. Our voices toward, should be toward Him and to use our voices or songs or instruments, whatever He has given to us, ultimately for His glory. Not to think about what we have to say, what our voice has to be heard. Not about our voices being heard, but our, our voices being given glory to our Lord ultimately. That's what our Lord asks us to do. We have been constant praise and worship of our God. Psalm 71, 8. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all day long. All day long. And when you look at the text here, Psalm 33, 4 to 5, it, it talks about why. Why should we praise our Lord with these instruments and with our songs? That's verse 4 and 5. And it says, For the word of the Lord is upright. And his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. We praise God, our second point, for who God is. We praise him for who he is. Use all your energy. Use your song. Use your voice. Use your instruments. Praise him because of who he is. Because of his nature. Because of his character. Before, because of who God is. We worship God for who he is. And the text says right here, our Lord is righteous, and His word is completely righteous. Righteousness is the very nature of God. Righteousness is who God is. We love God. He loves righteousness, and He loves justice. 
while there's others out there that are focused on social justice and having some equality upon the world and trying to make things just right upon the world God God's word is focused upon his himself as being just he is righteous he is holy he is pure and in verse 5 says he loves righteousness and justice the others are focused other way the true Christians focus on God's justice justice and his righteousness the true Christian trust that ultimately in God's word God will bring about what he will bring about his complete righteous justice world Ecclesiastes 3.17 says God will bring into judgment both the righteous and the wicked for there will be a time for every activity a time to judge every deed we just trust in God God is righteous he is faithful he is just and he is full of of loving kindness the text says the child of God knows and believes with all their heart, heart that God is a God of loving kindness it says in verse 4 the earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord God shares his goodness and his loving kindness with, with all his people that's called his, his common goodness that he gives to all people he gives everyone rain and sun he gives people life and health and happiness whether you be a believer or an unbeliever God shares these common attributes of goodness upon all his people he gives it to them even though men are simply depraved and directly disobedient to, to them God by his grace and his goodness gives a mankind because of loving kindness more blessing than of course he possibly deserves he allows men to breathe every single breath of breath that they breathe he allows it by his grace to, to have another day to think about him to consider life and death to consider his goodness to consider his justice he chooses every single day whether he will bring his son back or allow another day of grace upon our world this is a good God he's a loving kind God and the humans response the unbelievers response to see their goodness to see that they are the ones that have provided these things for themselves our job as Christians to help people to see you know what God is a good God a loving kind God who has given you the unbeliever must see God's hand upon their lives and his sovereignty upon their lives in order to be saved so often I'll ask an unbeliever, I'll ask him two questions to help him to think about God's sovereignty and his provision. I'll ask him, has God been good to you all your life? I want them to reflect. I want them to see God's goodness, God's grace, God's hand upon their lives. And I'll also ask him, has he, has he provided for you all that you have upon this world? I want them to think, think about God as one that's providing for them, not themselves. But often the, the, the Unbelievable thinking you know what it's been me. I, I have given to myself all that I have I have provided for myself all that I have and that simply isn't true We have to have the, the unbelief have that mindset change from thinking that they're the ones it's their hand doing all things for themselves Instead, it's God's hand common grace common goodness love and kindness toward all people verses 6 and 9 talks about how we're to praise God because he is our powerful creator. That's verses 6 and 9. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps in storehouses. Let the, let the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The psalmist praises God because he recognizes 
and bows down recognizing that his creator is the one that has given all things toward him. And that is a natural response of creation is that they should praise their creator. If you look over at Revelation 4.11, such a beautiful text, Revelation 4.11. It says, Worthy are you, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power because you created all things and because of your will they existed and were created. It's very clear within the text of Revelation 4.11 that our, our Lord has created all things and because of his will they exist and were created. That is why the unbelievers should give glory and honor and power. Why should God receive glory, honor, and power? Because He created all things. If He did not create all things, man would have no responsibility to Him. But because the unbeliever sees that God is a creator, he sees a responsibility to Him. He, he should bow down to Him as creation. And he should naturally give God glory and honor and power because He is our creator. We praise God. Verse 33, Psalm 33 says, because He is a powerful Creator. And it goes on in verse 10 to 12, talks about we praise God for his counsel and his plans. We praise God for his counsel and his plans. Verses 10 and to 12 says, The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations, he frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom he has chosen for his own his for his own inheritance. First, you have to praise our, our Lord because He is Creator. Afterwards, as, as you see that God controls all parts of this world, you see that He has wisdom, He has counsel. You see His sovereignty. You see His plan is over all things. But first, you must see Him as Creator, who is powerful over all things. When you see Him as Creator, you then can see Him as as sovereign. He is over all things that he has created. He rules over all of his creation. The text says he commanded and it stood fast. The correct response to seeing God's creator over all of his creation is to see that he has, has, has sovereignty over all things. Verse 8 says, let all the earth fear the Lord. That's the response you should have. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. We should stand in awe of God when we see he's creator and he's sovereign and he's powerful and he's over all things. That's the response we should have toward our Lord. But our fear can be misplaced. Our fear can be in the right, wrong direction. Right now, people are fearing getting the virus. They're fearing dying. They're fearing of getting sick. They're fearing even talking to other people. We should have no fear of other people or talking to other people. The text says right here, let all the earth fear the Lord. We are not to fear getting the virus. I don't have any fear of, of getting the virus. I do fear the Lord, though. I did, before, I didn't fear the Lord. I got saved when I was 32 years old. Back then, I had no fear of God. I did my own thing and, and tried to please myself. Before I went to church, I was afraid of maybe being a Christian. I was afraid of being different and to being perhaps a weirdo or whatever those Christians used to, to be like. I used to have a fear of that, but I certainly didn't have a fear of the Lord. The Lord changed my heart. He changed my heart, so now I do fear Him. And I don't have any fear of any viruses or, or fear of talking to anybody about, about, the, about Jesus Christ. He's the most amazing thing of all. Now I love the Lord and fear Him only. We should dread His wrath, fear Him. Dread his displeasure. 
what he's displeased with is what we're displeased with. We're fearful when we sin. We don't want to please our God and our Creator. We are to have a fear of our Lord. He is omnipotent. He is over all things. He's sovereign over things. He can destroy us immediately if He chooses to. Let us not sin. Let, let us live a life of fear, wanting to please our Lord ultimately. Jeremiah spoke to the people who were doing things to please himself. Jeremiah 5.23 But this people has a stubborn and rebellious heart. They have turned aside and departed. They do not say in their heart, Let us now fear the Lord our God, who gives rain in its season, both the autumn rain and the spring rain, who keeps for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. They were doing what they wanted to do. Clearly, we need to fear our Lord. <coughs> the psalmist goes on in verses 13 to 18, talks about how we should praise God because He's sovereign over all things. It says, The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the of men from His dwelling place. He looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all. He who understands all the works. The king, is not, the king is not saved by a mighty army. A warrior is not saved by great strength. A horse is a false hope for victory. Nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his loving kindness. We are all under the eye of God, which is a good thing. We want to be under God's eye. We want God to see us. The unbeliever does not want God to see him. But the text says the Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. Verse 14, from his dwelling place, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. Our Lord looks upon all his children, upon the entire world. And the psalmist says we should praise God because he does look upon us. Well, the unbeliever, he doesn't want God to see him in his sinfulness. John 3.19 talks about the, the true intentions of, hearts, man, of the heart, man, man's heart, the unbeliever's heart, is to please himself and to do darkness. John 3.19 This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. Men do not want God to see them. Unbelievers do not want God to see them. They want to keep loving the darkness and doing the things which are in the darkness. They don't want God to see that the, the desires of their hearts are to please themselves and to sin. But the Christian, we as Christians, we want God to see us. We want to please our Lord. We want to be in, 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 in obedience toward Him. And we need to have a godly perspective, a biblical perspective. We need to see things the way God sees things. We need to desire what God desires. We need to be concerned about what He is concerned about. We need to ask ourselves constantly, how does God see this? How does God see this issue? How does God see what's happening to me right now? Not, not how do I see things. The psalmist always focuses upon how God saw things. That's the perspective to have. What does God see right now? What is God asking me to do right now? What is God telling me I should do? What's God's perspective? And how can I get in line with God's point of view? That's what our Lord asks us to do. Isaiah 66, 2. For my hand made all these things, thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one will I look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. The Lord looks to the person who is humble 
and is contrary to spirit and trembles at his word. That's what, who God looks towards. That's what God looks for. As we go on to our next point, verses 19 through to 22, we see we are to praise God for saving us. And we'll wrap up over here. 19 to 22. To deliver their souls from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart rejoices in Him because He trusts in His holy name. Let your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us according as we have hoped in you. We praise God because He has saved our soul ultimately. He saved us from damnation. He saved us from going to hell. Do you remember what it was like when you were an unbeliever before our Lord saved your soul? Do you remember what it was like? I lived 32 years like that. And I, I remember very well what it was like and the parties I had, the things I which I thought were important. And ultimately I saw that my soul was deserving to go to hell. And I deserved to go to hell. I needed the Lord to change my heart. I saw my sinfulness. I saw how I needed to repent of my sins to give my life to the Lord. God changed my heart in that way. And we had to praise God for who we are and what we are now. But we should, we could still be condemned to have our eyes closed, designed to please ourselves only. But now that we are saved, what are we to do? Text says right here, you got to be waiting. You got to be waiting around. You're waiting for our Lord to return. That's what we're doing. It sounds kind of passive waiting. The world doesn't always admire waiting. But ultimately, the Bible says our soul waits for the Lord. We're not trying to seek justice in this world. We're not trying to seek a world where the world is better. We're just waiting around for our Lord ultimately to return, trying to honor Him in the process, trying to serve Him in the process, trying to minister to the people, trying to be a blessing to other people, trying to encourage the people, making sure that everybody in our family and our homes and our church are also serving the Lord. We're also waiting for our Lord's return. That's what our soul is. Text says our soul waits for the Lord. He is able to create all things just. He is able to make all things good again. And ultimately one day he will. We are to wait for the Lord. We are to wait for his guidance. We are to wait for his word. Waiting for him to deliver us. Knowing the text says he is our help and our shield. That is why we wait. We wait because He is our help. We wait because He is our shield. He helps us. We are to go to Him in prayer, asking for our help. We are to go to Him in prayer, ask Him to protect us as our shield. That is why we wait. And in the end of Psalm 30, such such a beautiful psalm. Psalm 30, 21. For our heart rejoices in Him because we trust in His holy name. We wait upon Him. We trust in His holy name. This psalm is so beautiful. It wraps up in such a beautiful way. Let your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us according as we have hoped in you. It starts with a beautiful part how we're to praise our Lord with all our hearts, with the instruments, with our voice, praise Him for who He is and because He's created, because of what He has done in our lives. Praise Him because He's righteous and loving, kind. Praise Him because He's sovereign, has great counsel and control over all parts of our lives. Praise Him because He has saved our souls. And ultimately, we are to wait upon Him. Trust in our Lord. Wait for Him to have His time. As you go through these difficult times and through, through the summertime, our perspective has to be praise Him, see God's way, God sees this world, 
and follow Psalm 30, 22. Let your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us according as we have hoped in you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord God, for your goodness and your grace and your provision in our lives, Father. We pray, Lord, that you help us, Lord, to see our lives and to, to be thankful, Father. Help us to see how you've changed us and how you've given us so much, Father. You've given us a great church. You've given us a great pastor. You've given us your word and many people in our church that have been a blessing and encouragement to us. Lord, thank people how they have used the spiritual gifts, Father, to glorify you. And we pray as we continue to reopen the church, Father, that we'll look back upon this year and be thankful for the year, a time in which you help us to get a pers better perspective upon our lives, Father, a time in which you help us to, to revive ourselves and how we can better glorify you in our lives, Father. You too are a great God, and all things always happen for a reason, Father. Our desire is to glorify you in the process and in the end, Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.